This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. All right, go ahead, skip the weekend of football. Your college team, it's a non-conference softie. It's not going to matter. NFL doesn't matter at this point. Nick, what people should be doing this weekend is tuning in to the Solheim Cup. Don't you agree? Absolutely, Joe. We've been talking about it all summer. It's Solheim Cup week. Let's get into it. Yeah, we're going to have to get into it quick because this is a preview and we're posting it on a Tuesday night, so we got to hurry. Uh, so this is the 16th Solheim Cup. This is the competition between the best women's team from the U.S., the best women's team for Europe. It's going to be contested in Glen Eagles, Scotland. Nick has a vacation home there, but they're going to be playing at the Centenary Course. Nick, are you familiar with the Centenary Course? Uh, of course I am, Joe, but I, w- I would like your in-depth insights uh, just to refresh my memory. Well, you probably know it as the Monarchs. It was initially called that before it was renamed in 2001 to commemorate the PGA's centenary year. So I guess that is the term for 100 years of something, which I have never heard before. Have you heard of that word? Centennial, I've heard. That goes yeah. Centennial, but the centenary, no. The centenary, designed by the Golden Bear, opened in the early 90s. Jack we're we're a minute in. We're already learning new stuff, Joe. I love it. How this is what we do at the turn. To educate ourselves and for the enjoyment of the listeners to see how inept we are in some topics. But here we go. Designed by Jack Nicholas, he said it was one of the most beautiful pieces of land he's ever seen before. It hosted the 2014 Ryder Cup. And if it's a Ryder Cup in Europe, Nick, guess who won? Europe. Europe won that Ryder Cup. Soundly, it was a Ryder Cup embroiled in controversy. Tom Watson was the captain. He got in a, I don't know. Fisticuffs is too strong of a word, but let's just say him and Philly Mick didn't really see eye to eye about how things were going. <laughs> they got dusted. I think they lost by five points. So not a good showing for the U.S. What year did you say this was? Uh, t- excuse me. 2014 is when uh, yeah. there was a Ryder Cup this is, there. This is the one that kind of changed things for the United States Ryder Cup team. They, they, uh, they, they said no longer will we just sit by and get whooped. And then they came home and got a win. And then, and then things of course, went south after that. But they yeah, no, that was whooped. that was a, that was a monumental Ryder Cup, at least for at least until we went to Paris this this uh, last last fall. No, it was. I mean, it cemented Europe's dominance and basically said, look, maybe getting a guy in his mid sixties who is double everyone's age, Sands, Phil, and Tiger, isn't the best way to relate to our young, strong American team. And 
Well, know. Joe, I really like one of the things that we're going to get into later, which the women's Solheim Cup team is uh, in the midst of. But we'll touch on that a little bit later. Sorry to interrupt your um, prologue on the course. No, I mean, that's that's basically the extent of it. It's relatively new. It's less than 30 years old. It's on a very beautiful piece of land, kind of a resorty kind of community sort of thing going on in Scotland. Um, and that's it. It's, it's hosting the Ryder Cup. It's hosting this international event. It will be the first course ever to host both the Ryder Cup and Solheim Cup on European soil. Wow. So, Nick, tell yeah. me about the Solheim Cup. All right, Joe. Well, we're going to start with some recent history. So Team USA has won two in a row in five of the last seven Solheim Cups. So that's good news Um, for our listeners this side of the pond. Obviously, we have a lot of uh, European faithful, so sorry. But the good news for those of you over in Europe, the United States, just three and four all time in Europe. So that bodes well this year. Uh, it's going to be played in Europe. So, so those uh, German faithful we have out there, fret not. Uh, the only two United States losses, Joe, since uh, I graduated high school were 2011 and 2013. So like I said, the United States won the last two. There was a big comeback in 2015 to win 14 and a half to 13 and a half. So an epic uh, cup four years ago on European soil. Here's what I like. Julie Inkster is the United States captain. This is her third Solheim Cup in a row that she's been the captain, which is, I I think, the way that they should, the Ryder Cup should do it. Get someone in there, give them a few stabs at it, let them get comfortable. Don't just be one and done. Um, that way you can learn and implement your experience. So she's 2-0, and and Julie Inkster, Joe, she rolls with the pod format. So she's going to have three pods of four players, and those are going to be her groups, and uh, she's going to ride or die with the pods, and so far she's 2-0. Pods. Who else does... Is, is that is that like a common thing? You never hear about the pods in the Ryder Cup or the President's Cup. Well, that's one of the things that came from that 2014 Ryder Cup was Phil Mickelson was saying, we need to do pods like Europe does, and then they did pods in 2016 and won, and then I don't know if they did them or not. They were, I think Furek was a little bit kind of like, you know, we're going to do what we do and we'll keep it in the team room, whatever. But uh, I, I think they probably did pods um, last year in the Ryder Cup. But I, I think it's one of those things where uh, some people love it and some people don't. I, I know that, that Europe's not, not doing it this year, so uh, it'll be interesting to see. But one of the things I like with the pods, you've got the Corda sisters in the same pod, so you could see them playing together at some point this year, which would be really fun. Nellie and Jess, Corda sisters, yeah, getting it done. One thing you mentioned that I liked is the fact that Julie Inkster is hosting her third, or captaining, rather, her third consecutive team. It seems to me that for the Ryder Cup, and the President's Cup does the same captain over and over. Freddie did it for a bunch of years. Jack did it for a bunch of years. Um it's almost like being named Ryder Cup. It's not almost like it is. Being named Ryder Cup captain is like winning a major, right? It is in your resume for like the World Golf Hall of Fame. And that matters to players. And I think because of that reason, you're not going to have the same Ryder Cup captain for a decade or even two consecutive Ryder Cup. I mean, when right. Tom Watson was named Ryder Cup captain, it was a big surprise because he wasn't a current player and he had, you know, was the captain before, but what you typically see is someone in their forties or fifties 
who was an accomplished player. Maybe it's in their home course or their part of the country. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. Jim Furyk's had a nice career. Davis Love's had a nice career. Uh, Thomas Bjorn's had a nice career. Give it to those guys. Instead of just saying, oh, wait, actually, uh, Fred Funk is the best Ryder Cup captain because he's actually good at being a golf captain. And Fred Funk is just a really good Ryder Cup captain. Like, just because you're a good golfer doesn't mean you're going to be a good captain, you know, with the exception of someone like Julie Inkster, who's obviously one of the best golfers of all time and also a very successful Solheim Cup captain. So another thing about Julie Inkster, Joe, she last played in the Solheim Cup in 2011. So she was the oldest participant ever, still holds that record. She was 51 years in a handful of days in 2011. Oh, yeah. So she's captained it um, the last, this will be her third one in a row. So she's been very successful in the Solheim Cup. That comeback I talked about in 2015, eight and a half points earned by Team USA on the final day to win by one. Wow. Out of the 12 singles matches. Yeah. So that's an ass whooping. That's incredible. That is a Sunday ass whooping. Wow. So, Nick, this year of team is very interesting for a number of reasons. First, the captain is Katrina Matthew, uh, the 2009 British Cup, British Open champion. Uh, four, four captains picks on the team Europe side. And I want to focus on one in particular who was uh, – Kind of a controversial choice, perhaps, Suzanne Pedersen. So Suzanne Pedersen is a Solheim Cup stud. Uh, she's played on three winning teams. Um, she is made eight appearances. It, it, it would, would have been nine if not for an injury in 2017. She's fourth all time on the list of matches one and second behind Laura Davies and Morse, most four ball points one all time. So she's the most experienced player on the Europe side, which is something the U.S. has, or excuse me, Europe has significantly over the U.S. They almost have double the number of appearances in the Solheim Cup, in big part to Suzanne Pedersen, right? Okay, so obviously she's a no-brainer, right? No. She's 635th in the world right now. She hasn't really played much since the birth of her first child in 2018. So it's one of those things where this is sort of a flyer, and Captain Matthew is just saying, look, I got one of the most experienced Solheim Cup members ever on our side. Incredibly successful. Has been at this stage a lot. She's got a relatively inexperienced team on her side. So let's just bring Suzanne in, see if she can find some magic, and get it done. Um, now, she was involved in one of the event's most controversial moments. You mentioned the 2015 mats. So Pedersen was with Charlie Hall and made the U.S. team very mad because she enforced a penalty on rookie Allison Lee, who picked up a short putt before it was conceded. And the U.S. team was like, oh, but it was good, right? And Pedersen was like, um, I'm sorry, are we at the Solheim <laughs> Cup round or a Sunday afternoon stroll? Of course that putt is no good. And the U.S. team was salty about it, and Pedersen actually held strong and then later apologized. I really wish that apology never came, because <laughs> love America – but give me a break, dude. If you pick up a putt in the it, like, if I'm playing for ten bucks with my buddies and I pick up a putt, I lose the hole probably. Like maybe we've had enough beers where they won't care, or maybe they've had enough beers where they would care. But you know, there's still a chance that it should be enforced. In the Solheim Cup, you're upset because the rookie picks up the ball. I want to pause my Pedersen tales and get your opinion on that. Well, I I don't. You shouldn't pick that putt up. I, I, I would. You should never assume a putt, even if even if it's good. I, I mean, my, I, I've said this before. 
if it's that close where it's good, either just tap it in or make some sort of eye contact, some sort of nods, some sort of verbal, it's good. But if it's if it's on the lip, just just tap it in. I mean, it's the same thing happened with Sergio earlier in the year where he assumed a putt was good and it was never conceded. And, and you know, it's the same thing. It's just like, why have this big to-do when the simple rem- – there's there's very easy outs to the situation, which is either just – just knock it in, or if you really don't want to knock it in, just look to your partner and wait for them to actually concede it. Don't just walk over and pick it up and then ask for forgiveness later because it's not going to come. Okay, but she picks it up. What do you do? Do you do, you do what Pedersen does, or do you think that it should have been conceded and it's a half hole? Well, I think it's tough to concede it after the fact. So, yeah, I, probably, I might... I mean... I don't know. I, I don't want to be the person with the bad look. Like if it was me personally, you know, I might probably just go with the flow just to avoid the controversy. But I don't disagree with the with with in this situation. I I I like the play. Just be like, no, look, I didn't give that to you. I'm laughing because I was just thinking of someone who you really enjoy, and I wonder what they would do in that situation. Do you think Patrick Reed would have allowed the putt to not, be conceded not at that in point? A million years. <laughs> I bet you, Patrick Reed hopes that his opponents in match play like leave them within six inches and assume they're good just so he can be like no i never gave you that putt and, and get some sort of <laughs> advantage that way of course of course so back to suzanne Pedersen. they had that controversy she apologizes julie inkster was asked about it and said look everything's fine we're all buddies it's all good katrina matthew europe captain quote She's too young and too good to walk off into the sunset and be a mum, in my opinion, anyway. She's got the bit between her teeth again. It's, it sounds way better in her accent. <laughs> but can you it's try? A bit, it's a bit like the Adam Scott situation when Greg Norman picked him for the President's Cup, and that sort of turned his career around, and I can see that happening with Suzanne. So interesting. It was, I, thought, I found that analogy to be very interesting because it's true. Adam Scott was kind of in the doldrums, couldn't make a putt. His old Aussie buddy Greg sticks him in the President's Cup. Does a good job, and now he's a successful player again and starting to uh, contend. So maybe Suzanne Pedersen can do the same thing. She's only played four times since having a kid in 2018. So it's kind of like she's retired, but obviously she's thought of well enough to be in this competition. So uh, she's definitely going to be the most interesting person to watch from my perspective because she's so uh, inexperienced recently, but by far has the most experience of any player in this event. So such a wild card, yeah. Yeah, I mean, talk about her world ranking, 635. And you look at the world rankings of this Europe team, Nick, compared to the U.S. team. And just based on numbers, it's a clear advantage for the United States. The highest ranked player for Europe is number 12. It's Carlotta Singinda. I, oh I butchered that last name. <laughs> Saganda. She's uh, 12th in the world. Leads the LPGA in Eagles, third in birdies. So she's the one to watch. For Europe, but I mean, you look at some of the other uh, players, Nick, on this team, and you have what four, three, three rookies, um, world rankings in the fifties, sixties, hundreds in some cases. There's a little bit of experience there, but just I, I, I think a decided advantage for the American team, despite being on European soil. Well, it's going to be interesting because if you look at the world rankings. The United States has the advantage. Um, but you start to dig a little deeper. The United States has six veterans and six rookies. So, okay, that's that's going to play some sort of 
factor into it. And then obviously being on European soil makes me nervous. We have recent memory in our minds of the Ryder Cup where the United States on paper had clearly had the better team. And, you know, when you when you look at world rankings and you look at it, those types of things and they went into Europe and got throttled, really didn't even have a chance, you know, in the last half of that Ryder Cup. Um, so it, it almost is a kind of eerily similar to that. So the United States team, I mentioned uh, six rookies, six veterans. Uh, they have three pods of four players each, Joe. So basically the pod system, uh, the players will practice and be paired exclusively with members within their pod during each session of the Solheim Cup. So here are the three pods. You've got Lexi Thompson, who is the United States' highest-ranked player, number three in the world. Brittany Altimer, uh, Jessica, and Nellie Corda, who are in the pod number one. So you have to imagine that we're going to see Jessica and Nellie be paired together. I don't know why else they would be in the same pod if they're not going to play together. So that's definitely something to look out for. Second pod. Would you Daniel- do that? Sorry to interrupt. Would you yeah. would you put sisters or brothers together? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, really? I think I think that the comfort factor is is um, a big thing when you're pairing people together. So, so this is a huge event. Um, one of the quarter sisters is playing for the first time. One is playing for the second. I, I'm sorry, I don't have that uh, detail right in front of me. But if you think about wanting them to be comfortable in an uncomfortable environment, um, playing with your sister who you probably played with a million times is the best way to do that. So you're on European soil. What better way? I and mean, they're in the same pod. Can you imagine that they're in the same pod and they're not going to play together all three days? I mean... No, I mean, now that they're in the same little group together, uh, mm-hmm. pod is a weird name. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Joe, pod. We we're, said we're pod doing a hundred times on this podcast yes. already. Yeah. We're going to say it a hundred more. No, man. I mean, look, I get it. You want to uh, call it a little group? Uh, yes. The, okay. They're a little group A. I like that. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, the quarter sisters are going to play together, obviously, at this point, because they're in the same little group together. But I, I could see it both ways. I could see the sibling thing turning out to ultimately, if, if you play great, then it, I think it feeds upon itself, right? If your sibling makes a birdie, you want to make a birdie. But like, if your sibling starts to struggle, I feel like perhaps there could be a little, uh, Things could get a little personal, a little, a little, a little tense, you know, a bad chip shot, miss a short putt. I guess I'm speaking from my experience. <laughs> if I was playing with my brother in the Ryder Cup and he started screwing up, I'd be pissed off at him. Come on, it's the Ryder Cup. Let's go, man. No, I get that. But I feel like they're each other's biggest fans. So, you know, when you're sitting at home on your couch and Tiger misses the putt and you're like, oh, my God, like. Like you're rooting for him to make that putt so bad. Like they're pulling for each other and they're not, they're going to, you know, I just think it's, I don't think they'd be doing it if they were like, no, this isn't going to work. So I, I think, I mean, it'll be interesting. I, I can't wait to see how that all shakes out. I mean, I imagine they'll probably be paired together all week. Um, so it'll be fun. Yeah. Jessica's the more experienced one, but Nelly has the hot hand right now. She's a couple years younger, but has been playing very well lately. Yeah. They seem to always be flip-flopping. Like the one who, who is the quote unquote underdog you know, is always kind of, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting story. To, to Isn't follow. Nelly like six foot something? She's, she's tall. I'm, I'm looking this up right now. Yeah. You better find that because I'm not going to be able to confirm it. Tonight. Five so why ten. You... Well, the golf shoes must give her a little lift. <laughs> <laughs> so the second little group, we've got Danielle Kang, Lizette Salas, Annie Park, and Megan Kang, no relation. Um, and our third little group, Angel Yin, 
so it was supposed to be Stacy Lewis, but Joe, the news broke this morning. Stacy Lewis, Stacy Lewis dropped out. She was replaced by alternate Allie McDonald. Um, and then you've got Morgan Pressel, who once Stacy Lewis dropped out, Morgan Pressel is the only captain's pick on this United States team. And rounding out a uh, little group three is Marina Alex. So that's one of the uh, comparisons I was going to make before was the United States has just two captain's picks compared to Europe's four. But now it's just one because Ali McDonald was an alternate. So really just one captain's pick for the United States and four for Europe. So I don't know if that benefits either team. Um, if you just have to strictly go by the numbers or go by who you feel like, you know, the captain has a, puts, wants to put in the best chance to win. But um, it'll be interesting. I mean, look, I'll say this for Morgan Pressel. She's an incredible player. It's a good captain's pick. She's been around a long time now. She's got a 4-1 record in singles matches in the Solheim Cup. So that's a really good captain's pick. She's only missed the Solheim Cup, I think, one time in like her 14-year career. All that's great stuff. 2017, so her last appearance was 2015. Yeah, so she's a hell of a player. Um, All that being said, if you're not familiar with the LPGA Tour, uh, I would say Morgan Pressel is the Patrick Reed of the LPGA Tour. She's a red-ass uh, I would not say she has like the negative reputation that Patrick Reed does, but she certainly conducts herself in the same sort of way on the golf course. Um, Nick, are, are are you familiar with Morgan Pressel? I don't know if. Uh... No. Okay. So again, uh, there's just an air about her on the golf course that reminds me of Patrick Reed. It's it's just sort of very like combative. And um, sort of a. sometimes I watch them both and I think if they had just like chilled out on the golf course and like they didn't have like this really intense attitude, it would serve them better. When I think that they think that that attitude is what is sort of lifting them to great heights, I think it's actually a detriment to them both. I think Patrick Reed would be a better player. I think Morgan Press will be a better player. If they just kind of chilled the hell out, played golf, know you're really talented instead of trying to prove to everyone you're really talented. Yeah, fair. Um, interesting. So we will see We will see Morgan Pressel in action very soon. Um, one of the last points I have about the United States roster, 10 Americans in the world top 50 compared to five for Europe. So with your 12 players, you've got 10 of the top 50 in the world, which is saying a lot because... A lot of the top 50 players in the world don't come from the United States or Europe. So to have 10 on the United States team, um, I mean, again, Joe, on paper, that's very intimidating. But we will see how it plays out on the course. Who wins, Nick? I think it's got to be. I think it's got to be the United States. Um, I, I just think they have, like I said, on paper, they have the better teams. Julie Inkster, she's won in Europe before. She's 2-0 as a captain. Um, I just I just like the United States. Obviously, nothing's a gimme on the road in a road game in Europe, but um, I'm going to take the United States. What do you got? Can I bet you some vice gear on this match? Please. Because I'm going to take Europe. Wow. Why? I'm in love with this team now, Nick. I know too much. <laughs> I've invested. I want Suzanne Pedersen to make them all put their six inches 
Uh, and I want to see this happen. I think an upset would be a lot of fun. It would be on home soil for for Europe. They got a few folks from the uh, United Kingdom. Looks like four English women are on the team. So yeah, dude, I'm going with Europe. Let's let's make it happen. Okay. So um, do you have a prediction for the score? Sorry, I'm, I'm also trying to look up what the uh, what the odds are real quick. I don't know if you have it in front of you, but uh, uh, I don't have the odds. Who, but who the, who the I'll tell you, the U.S. is favored. <laughs> so what do you think a bag an umbrella like 10 boxes of balls what do you want to bet here um i definitely need an umbrella you need an umbrella i do one vice umbrella on the line for the solheim cup all right uh it. hold on a second i might i might have a okay oh by the way did i not make a, a fake bet the no, President's Cup would be a draw. I just got reminded of that. Uh, United, United States minus 150. Yeah. So there you go. I like my chances. Do you want one and a half umbrellas if, you, if Europe wins? <laughs> yeah, just give me the, the actual um, grip of the umbrella. That's all I need. Yeah. So can I tell you why I need an umbrella? I have a beautiful Vice umbrella. And uh, as all of our fans know, promo code Mulligan on vicegolf.com, free shipping in the United States. I took advantage of that, got a beautiful vice umbrella. I asked my beautiful wife if she would like a vice umbrella. She said, nope, no need. I have no need for a vice umbrella at any point. I absolutely don't want one. I don't care how little it costs and how free the shipping is. I don't want anything to do with a vice umbrella. I said, okay. So then my beautiful vice umbrella arrives. There's rain in the forecast. She snags it, puts it in her car, forgets about it. When I need it, it's nowhere to be found. She leaves it at work. It's gone. Never to be seen again. So, turns out, two vice umbrellas per household, or at least one per person, is the quota for golf umbrellas. Vicegolf.com, promo code MULLIGAN. You'll get free shipping on your vice umbrellas and your balls anywhere in the United States. That's it for the Solheim Cup preview. Go Europe! No way. Did you just say that? I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time at The Turn.